0: Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at no Referees Pod for up-to-date info on the show. No rules, no texts, no whistles. This is No Referees Podcast. Welcome back to the No Referees Podcast. I'm your host, Embrace Joby, bringing you another quarantine edition of our show. As always, you can find us on our social media pages at No Referees Pod and on our new YouTube channel, No Referees Podcast. Our special guest co-host today is a man that won Defensive Player of the Year honors at, in the Patriot League at Bucknell. He was on the team that orchestrated the win uh, his Bucknell team, number 14 seed over number three Kansas in the 2005 season. Abe hey, Badmins, thanks for joining us as a co-host today, brother. Our special, <laughs> special guest today is a curator of worldfamoushoopdirt.com. He's a former head coach at Suffolk University. He's called games during March Madness and the NBA Finals. You can follow him on Twitter at HD underscore dirtking, at W Hoop Dirt, and everybody knows at Hoop Dirt. The man that has more dirt
1: than Lowe's and
0: Home Depot combined.
1: Coach Adam Nelson, what up, my brother? Hey, what's happening? Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate that. I like that one. I haven't heard that one before. More dirt than Lowe's and Home Depot combined. I'm going to have to add that somewhere. That's big time. I like that.
2: Yeah, man. I like that.
0: I
1: keep it real here, man. You know, that, that was good. You just, you made my day. That yeah. was good. <laughs> that was going you, did that. you did not
2: rehearse that. You did not rehearse that, that one either. I did that, not that, that came up from here. <laughs> I like
0: it. I was, like it. That was like when you sit down draw that play up for a quick hitter, you know, OT. You yeah. know,
2: out of bounds, uh, yep. a blob, of slob. You know what I'm
1: saying? Yeah, yep, yep. and it just came to you, and you just got it, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's up, brother? How you doing today? You know, doing good. Just, you know, kind of uh, like everybody with this uh, – quarantine we got going on you know we're up here in boston and, and it's tough and we're, we're starting to get out a little bit finally maybe i don't know so just trying to uh figure out the new normal so yeah have, have y'all uh, boston up there so are y'all you're y'all dearly departed tom brady and uh bronc you know how y'all come on can you know what <laughs> I, i'll tell you what and i tell people this a lot I, you know and tom brady obviously you know i'm a new england homer and i love all of, every boston sports team i love and we're really, obviously, sad to see Brady go. But you kind of knew the end was here. He'd been here 20 years, and he'd done so much. And I think he probably wants to prove he can win without Belichick. So, you know what, that was fine. See, see Tom Brady go, we want to see him succeed. But the Gronk thing hurt, man. That hurt. Like, he came out of retirement for that. Like, you know, he, I mean, if, if New England would have had him last year, even for the last half of the season, imagine, you know, Brady had no targets. Nobody to throw it to last year. You know, so that one hurt, coming out to out of retirement to go play in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. So, I, you know, I guess I wish him the best. That, that hurts, though. That's a tough one. I'm
0: from Dallas, man. I'm from ooh, Arlington, Texas. Ooh. I'm a Cowboys fan by, like, Birth, okay. so you know, you know, I've had a pretty rough offseason as well. So yeah. I feel you,
1: brother.
0: Ain't <laughs> from Chicago, so we ain't gonna talk about his team. We,
2: yeah, we, we just got Nick Foles. That's all. Super Bowl, Qqb That's all. The, the that's players, no big deal.
0: He he got he got that Super Bowl. He backdoored that Super Bowl. He did. I'm going to – he did. You're right. You are correct with yeah, that. And he, I got, he was uh, Patrick Mahomes out there. <laughs> he, that thing.
2: He, he, he caught one and threw one. I don't know many QBs we can say they did that at the Super Bowl. Yeah, right, the, so the caught said.
1: one. That, that catch, man, that was just a killer. That that ended that. That was that was tough to watch, man. But, yeah, good luck to him and the Bears. Oh, boy. So, Coach Nelson, I'm going to refer to you as
0: Coach. I'm a strength and conditioning coach, so out of respect, okay. I'm going to refer to you as Coach Nelson. Uh, I, I can't call you Adam because yeah. you earned that respect uh, in this business. I I'm going to call you Coach Nelson. So, Coach Nelson, let's me talk. let talk about, before we get into the, the, the hoop dirt stuff, sure. let's talk about current current right now. Let's talk about, you know, is, how that phone probably never even stops. Co- COVID doesn't let the phone stop, you know what I'm saying? Uh, how many phones you got? Yeah, got one, two, ten <laughs> phones, you know. Tell, give us a little bit, quick little behind the scenes of the day in the life of the Dirt King.
1: Yeah, it's 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 busy. I mean, even you know, it's been a little a little quieter this year, obviously, with all the stuff going on. Um, I think this is you know this this COVID nineteen has saved a bunch of jobs and you know some of the small colleges that didn't open, and, and that's fine. But there's still a lot going on. And like you said, a day in the life of the Dirt King, man, it can be crazy this time of year. You know, from from like the end of February through like August, it is nuts, man. Oh, let me shut this. Shut so up, my face. Um, it, it is nuts. We've got. Um, so I only have one phone only one phone but i have two two phone numbers on that phone yeah there you <laughs> so go I'm going there back there and there. forth between those and then um i've got uh you know people dm me on twitter uh i've got a, another kind of texting app i mean people reach out to me all over the place all the time so it's uh there's a lot man it's it's a lot of of answering uh texts and calls and kind of figuring out what's what and figuring out what is real and what's not and um you know, I think that's the one thing we talk about. You know, hoop dirt—the stuff we put on the site is is legit stuff. You know, we don't—I don't just put anything I hear up there. You know, everything we put up is double and triple confirmed, and um, I want to make sure. I, I say a lot. Like I don't—I don't necessarily want to be first on on everything. I mean, it's nice to be first, but I want to make sure our information is correct. How do you prioritize
0: uh, when you typing up the hoop dirt? Yep. like when, it, which things should be put out first? You know, because you have so much information coming out, yep. and getting so many texts. So many calls per day. How do you figure out what needs to be put down first?
1: You know, it. it, it, Tell you what, it's hard. Um, I, I I have, and that's part of what I have to do better though. Like I have to do a better job of staying organized because I will get so many things. You know, especially during our busy time, that I'll kind of focus on a couple and then, you know, forget about some. Um, So I have to do a better job. Like a lot of times, I'll write them down, like literally, like on a piece of paper, write down kind of what needs to go up. Um, and what needs to go up when? And there's some stuff that I'll actually like save for for a couple days. Like there's stuff that I that I, I know that like no one else will have that I'll save for a couple of days because I don't want to. You know, sometimes we try not to put too much in there. Um, but it, but it's it's hard. I mean, I, you know, I get so many texts from you know my Google number, my regular number. Oh, hey, okay, hold on.
0: How many texts? You had to estimate, yeah. so you know the analytics on you know the analytics yeah. on the yeah. on the website. Yep. The, the website yeah. stuff. You know the analytics <laughs> on the Twitter. <laughs> Tell me what the, the uh, Sprint, T-Mobile, whoever you got, Spire. Tell yeah. me what
1: the analytics on your your day to day text messages. So I, like, I, said, I mean I w- I I wish I could. It, it's so many because again because between my regular text, my my Google number which I get text, the the DMs the, you know, this, that it's, man, it is so many some days that it's like, you know, I'll, I'll go back and forget like hours later, like, oh man, I, I had the, you know, there's stuff um, that, that I'll forget that I have to follow up on. But that's why like a lot of times, and I, I said earlier, you know, I'll respond to anybody, you, to everybody. If you text me, I'm going to respond to you. You know, sometimes you might not get my response like till the next day or a day later. Um, but a lot of it's not just, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to blow you off a big time. It's because like, shit, man, you texted me. And then I got like, 60 more you know in the last two hours and you know i'm just trying to like head back to to just kind of follow up and make sure i hit everything so it it, it, it's that you know february march april may june it it is hard to manage man i mean i it's really hard one thing i want to just uh give you
0: kudos on which i'm a father abe's a father you're a father uh one thing i just want to give you kudos on that i didn't mention earlier is that anytime you have something going on with your family, one thing I do notice over the years, you always let everybody know, hey, Dirt King is out with the family. Yeah. You know, we're you know we're, we're out on vacation. You know, don't think that I forgot about y'all. You know, hang tight with a few days. So yeah. I just want to say I commend you for being an active father in your kid's life with all this hoop dirt stuff going on. I know that I can, as coaches, we're out here in the world. We're traveling. We're doing yeah. things like that. So I just want to make sure I, I, I commend you. So I know you have four children, that you always make sure their family comes first.
1: Yeah no thank you I appreciate that. And like I said I mean that that is the most important thing in my life is my family and I and I definitely prioritize them and you know I think one of the hardest things is you know we we try to go away every every April vacation for school right take the kids somewhere and you know now our oldest is is gone to college so we're trying to make sure we do these and stay together as a family as long as we can um but April's a really busy season for hoopter right so to take a week off is hard so I, you know my wife is very very like I said she man thank goodness for her like she gets it so there's times like on vacation, like, yeah, I'll have to take it, you know, a couple years ago, we were in Toronto last year or whatever, a couple years ago, we were in Florida, like I'll take an hour or two in the middle of the day, and boom, bang stuff out. But you're right, I'll tell people like, hey, man, we're in Toronto this week, you know, I'm gonna get stuff up as I hear it. Um, you know, bear with me, you know, check my Twitter, because I can tweet something faster than I can put it on the website. So like, it never ends, it definitely never ends. Um, but yeah, but, but keeping that family you know, I mean, that's, these years go by so fast, you guys know you have kids. I mean, it flies. Like I said, our oldest just finished his freshman year in college. I mean, uh-huh. it, it, it's, it is nuts. So, like, we try to, we want to kind of have these memories for as long as we can, and we're going to keep going away and doing stuff as much as we can. So, yeah, but you guys oh, yeah. are right, man. I you I you
2: guys that. get it. So, you get something on your phone. Like, what is, how does, what's the, 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 uh, the map? How does it get to the actual website? Like, what's the mode of operation when, when you get dirt like that and you transfer it onto the web so everyone else in the world can see it?
1: That's yeah, a great question. So, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll get something. Um, if it's from somebody I know that I really trust, you know, maybe I'll give it a, a second confirmation somewhere. If not, I'll just get it up. You know, I'll go, you know, whether it's something like a standalone story or something I put in the daily dirt, it'll go up. But a lot of the stuff I get, I'll make sure to, to double and triple check, you know, so someone could send me something and Hey, great. It sounds good, but I, I have to confirm it. You know, take for example, you know, yesterday with Marlon Sears getting the Amherst job. Great job. NESCAC, Division Three, big-time job. He was an assistant at Columbia. Um, you know, I had it early, early in the morning yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. Had it early in the morning. And I didn't go with it right away because I couldn't confirm it. You know, and then I heard it from a second guy and a third guy. So we finally went with it, you know. But it's, it's almost like that thing like, man, I could have rushed it and had it up quickly. But it, like I said, it, it's just the kind of process of, you know, I want to be – I want to make sure it's accurate. I want to make sure it's 100% accurate
2: so when you're saying that that tells me you don't hear it from the direct source you need to get more reputable sources
1: no so that's a good question too so so there are times where i will hear it directly from the source and put it up you know and there are times where i will hear something and go right to the source um so the one thing so you know, I, I've been in this college basketball business my whole life, you know, since I was an 18-year-old kid. I won't tell you how old I am now, but that's like 30 <laughs> years almost. <laughs> so, you know, so I know a lot of people, and, and but but then actually, you know, running Hooper for the last 10 years, you know, my, you know, the amount of contacts I've made has grown and grown and grown. So a lot of times, yes, I can go right to the source, or a lot of times, yes, I will hear it right from the source. Um, but if I don't get it from a source or can't find the source, you know, can't find that person yeah then i have to double triple you know confirm but i'll tell you this too you know there's a lot of times where i'll hear stuff from you know about somebody i know and i'll go to them and they'll say oh i don't want it on there and that's cool i'll hold it you know and that's part of what we do too or what i'll do is you know there's a lot of insider trading going on you know there's a lot of stuff that i won't put up there um you know if someone doesn't want for example you know there's some stuff going on at at chipola junior college right now in florida you know it's a messy search i know that who the two finalists were They're both out of it now. They're reopening the search. I know both guys, they both said, Hey, you know, um, we don't, we we don't want to go with it. So we're not going with it, you know, and and that's happened with a lot of other searches, but you know what? I got something in my back pocket now. Hey, I held that for you. Now maybe later down the road, they're going to confirm something for me or or give me something, you know? So it was a lot of, a lot of that kind of insider trading. Um, Then that's why I tell, I tell, especially a lot of young coaches who who read Hooper, um, you know, don't, don't just, just read hoop dirt and, and kind of move on. If you got a question, you know, call me, text me, email me, you know, I'll tell you what's really going on. Um, because like I said, there's a lot of stuff that, that I won't put out there, but there's a lot of stuff. If, if you, if you want to call me, if you want to text me or email me, I'll tell you, I have no problem telling you um, if, if it's going to help. Coach, I got a question for
0: you and I want yes, to take sir? it back just a little bit. Cause you All mentioned right. young, young coaches. You mm-hmm. was a young guy coming up in the game, South Carolina, you know, you came up from from the bottom, start from the bottom. Now you're here basically. Yeah. So I want to just talk about your, your, your path. Uh, Before we get to further in deep in the hoop dirt, like you were a head coach at at Suffolk, Um, you came up in the ranks, you know, just talk about that trajectory and how you switched over uh, when you found out there was a problem that needed to be solved with hoop dirt.
1: Yeah. It's, you know what? Um, It's a tough business, man. You know, and and like you said, I came up from the bottom. You know, I started as a student at the University of South Carolina, working with the team there, you know, got to meet some great people, worked with with, uh, Eddie Fogler, who was a national coach of the year at Vanderbilt before he got to South Carolina, Um, was there for a couple years. And then I actually wound up transferring to Boston College, finished my last two years at Boston College under Jim O'Brien, you know, great, great coach, learned so much from him. Um, you know, Paul Biancardi, who's at ESPN now was on the staff, Ricky Boyage, just like really, really strong staff. So that really kind of solidified, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the, need for me to coach. Like, I loved it. I loved being around the game and I love being around the guys. And, um, you know, especially at that level, you know, being a, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old kid in the sec and then in the big East, you know, it was, it was a great experience. Um, so again, and that's where I started and this is what I tell young guys now, you know, if you want to get in the business, you've got to get out and meet people. So, you know, those early years in the summer, I was out every week working a camp somewhere and met guys and met guys and met guys. Um, and that's kind of how I, you know, was able to, to move up in his business a little bit just with, with the contacts that i had made. Um, so, you know, I left, you know, Boston College and I got my first job, 22-year-old Division III assistant coach at uh, Division III Curry College. And the best part about Curry, the head coach at Curry, he had just gotten the job, 26-year-old young kid named Pat Scary. Well, Pat has done a great job in his career. Pat's now the head coach at Towson University, you know, Division I school in the Colonial. Um, Pat and I are longtime good friends now. Um, so we spent two years together. You know, he was 26, I was 22, literally recruiting every kid in New England and, and you know, learning how to recruit and learning how to grind. And I learned so much from Pat um, in those two years working for him. Man, I absolutely hated him because he made me work so hard, you know, but he made me so much better. He made me understand the game of of the recruiting game and what it takes to be successful. And um, especially I tell that to young coaches all the time. You can, you can be a really good X's and O's coach. You can be the best coach, X's X's and O's coach out there. But if you can't recruit, man, if you can't get players, it doesn't matter. You know, you need players to win. And that's something that Pat taught me. He taught me to really just grind uh, on the recruiting trail. So I learned so much from Pat in those two years. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to to leave Pat and, you know, got, got a couple division one jobs. I spent time as an assistant at Holy Cross, Um, spent time as an assistant at Northeastern in in really good spots for me. Learned, learned a lot, um, you know, two, two really good places to, um, enjoy my time there, but I had the opportunity at 26 years old, um, to become a small college head coach. And, uh, you know, I took that opportunity, um, at Becker College, small Division Three school out in Worcester, uh, you know, good place. But, but for me, you know, t- to be 26 and run my own program w- was was a really really good experience. Um, you know, I parlayed that into a couple other jobs. I became the head coach at Newbury College, and then moved on and spent 10 years uh, as the head coach at, at Suffolk University. And you know, really good place. Enjoyed my time there. But you know, I'll tell you, the the basketball at the Division Three level is a grind. Um, you know there is no it 's not like division one there's no dead period in recruiting like you 're out there recruiting and if you're not somebody else is um you don't have a lot of resources you 're taking vans to games you don't have a lot of recruiting budget you 're spending your own money um, so you know i i was at at the end i mean I, I was totally burnt out I, I was done I was absolutely done at that level I was done with coaching um you know and and not that i 'm necessarily completely done with coaching, but you know at that time and maybe for right now, um just kind of the burnout factor got me. Um, and also at that point, so I have four kids. You, what, hold on,
0: hold on. You try to drop some dirt on yourself? You try to get back in the game? No, like, well, no, we maybe, you know.
1: You did some. leave that open. Yeah, yeah. We will, <laughs> nev- we will never, never, well, you know, it's hard. I'll, I'll never close the door on it, but it's, you know, it, it, I love what I do now. So, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's challenging. Um, but again, like I said, at that point with – you know, I'd been at Suffolk 10 years, I had four kids, my oldest was going into high school at the time, high school basketball player, you know, so I was able to watch all my kids, um, you know, so my oldest is in college. Now I got two others in high school who are playing high school sports. So now I have the opportunity to actually watch them play, you know, and if I was still coaching at the college level, I, I could not do that. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't miss coaching for that. You know, I like being home. I like being able to see my kids play. Um, and to be quite honest, like I love hoop dirt. I love doing this. I love talking to you guys. I love talking to coaches. I love, you know, I love, you know, the basketball, like I said, I grew up in the basketball world. I came up in this world and I'm still a part of it. And, and to be honest, like not coaching, uh, I'm, I'm more involved in it. Um, like I'll tell you, yeah. man, the, the, the amount of guys that I talk to daily, weekly, monthly, it's crazy. Then it's not, you know, there's times, and, I, and I've said this to other people I've talked to, there's times where I'll hang up with a high major head coach Boom. And then answer like a division three junior college coach's call. And, and that's cool. And that's what I love. You know, like I, I tell people all the time, email me, text me, call me, I'm going to respond. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I, I had like three guys today reach out to me on Twitter, asking me questions. And I ended, you know, the DM with bang, here's my cell number. Call me, text me, whatever you need. Um, so that, that's what I love. I love still being able to be involved in this game. Um, you know, talking about the game, writing about the game, and really, and helping coaches. And, and that's, that's why, why, you know, I started Hooper is we want to help coaches. I want to help. I mean, I was there, I was a young guy, like, you know, we didn't get into it. My first year at Curry, I I made zero. I I was a volunteer assistant. I made, um, after the season ended, I made $1,500 for being the assistant lacrosse coach. Didn't know a thing about lacrosse. You know, my second year, I didn't make much more. So it's, man, this business is hard. So if, if we can provide any, help or any guidance help guys get you whatever we can do to help you know I want to be there for for for, you know I say young coaches but any coach I mean we help guys that are not young um so that's that's kind of it's my passion right now like I really love um you know working with coaches and just talking basketball all day
0: The Simple Pour is a beverage concierge service specializing in creating flavorful crafted punches for all of your events and needs. From their house favorites to the custom creations, they have a beverage that's going to satisfy every taste bud you got. Owner and mixologist Kevin Barber literally pours his heart into each beverage. You have the individual 12-ounce bottles, or if you want to step it up to the big boy gallon. Some of the heavy hitters on the menu include Tequila Blues with that Fresh Citrus, fan favorite Green Goblin and my personal joint that Henny Punch No Referees Podcast and The Simple Pour have mixed up a new drink for you enjoy 15% off your entire purchase by logging onto their website TheSimplePourHTX.com enter promo code No Referees 15 at the time of checkout The Simple Pour simple name extraordinary taste
2: Would you say that like the life that you've lived prior to hoop dirt was kind of served as fodder for what you're currently doing now? I mean, you built all these relationships, you got to learn about how the game goes, you know, learn how to recruit. So, you know, the business in and out and you create a product and a service specifically for that business. A lot of people, if I just, you know, didn't coach, if I didn't know anything about basketball and I wanted to create hoop dirt, I actually wouldn't be able to be effective because I know nothing about the intricacies of the actual business. Would you say that like what you've done prior kind of prepared you for this?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's, you know, to be honest, I use that, I try to use that to my advantage, you know, to, to, to towards being credible, you know, because I've been there, you know, young guys, will last stuff. And I, I you know, I, I'm a guy that's been there. I, I've been, you know, a lowly division three assistant. I've been a lowly division one assistant. I've been a head coach. I, I've been at the high major level. Like I, I get it. I've seen it. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know when i write stuff especially like in the daily dirt you know what my my grammar might not be great i might not put a period in the right spot or a right punctuation mark. i don't know that's not you know i'm not like a journalist that came not up with ma- this
2: not many basketball coaches are so
1: i think that's kind of what leads to like the the uniqueness and the credibility you know i'm not coming at it you know from a, a journalistic you know background or point of view necessarily you know like Hey, I, 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 I mean, I love it. I love writing about basketball. I love talking about it. Um, but again, that's not my background. Yeah. My background's coaching. So I think that credibility and especially, yeah, talking to coaches about, you know, the grind of, of recruiting, but the the necessity of it and, and some of the, you know, other ins and outs and, um, you know, the networking, you know, I, I talk to a lot of young coaches about, you know, different things with networking and how to actually do it and not be, you know, not be obvious about it. And, you know, there, there's just a lot of things that, yeah, because I've been there, you know. I think that's that's kind of what makes what make what makes us kind of special. A lot of people go to the final four to try to
0: get a job, try to try to try to make a connect, yeah, yeah. try to make a connection. And yeah, usually yeah. nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, it ain't happening. Yeah. you know. So I just right. want to talk about a young guy like myself. I've been an intern, I've been a, a, a GA, and I've been an assistant, been a head strength coach. And I just want to talk about when you speak to the young coaches. Yep. What kind of trajectory do you give them? Because some coaches, some young coaches feel like they can just be a 31-year-old a uh, Josh Pastner, be a head coach yeah, at the yeah. division yeah. one level. You know, some of their, 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 their thought processes are, are, are different. Talk mm-hmm. about some of the stuff that you talk to those young coaches about.
1: Yeah, you're right, though. That, that is, I mean, that thought process is hard. Like, you know, and it's hard because you, you want guys to like have a goal and dream big. But man, those guys like those Josh Pastners, those guys are so rare. And, and, and those jobs are so hard to get. Um, you know, so I, to be honest, like my thing is, and this is something that, that came from me from from, you know, my days as a coach, like, I'm always going to be honest with guys, like they might not like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to tell them, like, I don't want to lie to guys, I don't want to string them on. And I'll tell young guys that all the time. Like, th- this is a hard business, man this business is not easy. Like if you want to have a family, it's hard, you know, and, and look, look at there's coaches with families, but you know, those are, you know, guys that are making a lot of money at a high level, you know, guys that, that are grinding. I mean, you know, I was 32 years old, you know, when I got the head job at Suffolk, when I finally actually started making like a little bit of real money, I mean, 32, that's 10 years of my life that I didn't make anything, you know, so guys have to be prepared for that. Um, But I tell young guys all the time, like, you know, they, they have to be prepared to work. Like, it's not a nine-to-five job. This is an everyday, you know, 24 hour day job. You've got to be ready to go. You have to stay current with stuff. Um, you know, and basketball has changed a little bit, especially at the high major level over the last 20 years. There's more uh, administrative positions, you know, director of basketball operations assistant director of basketball operations the player development jobs every, strength, and you know, and
0: strength and conditioning culture, strength and conditioning there you go know, right but you know the
1: graduate assistants so there's, they're actually at the division one level there's a lot of opportunities now for guys to get in so i i you know my message to the young coaches i mean there's a lot of ways you can go but if you're looking to, to get into the division one level you know make yourself marketable make you know make yourself you know you want a head coach you want to provide him something that, that he doesn't have, you know, especially now there's a lot of guys that'll get in with this social media stuff and being creative and they can get in, they get their foot in the door. And I tell them, that's great. Get your foot in the door, but you don't want to be pigeonholed as that like administrative guy, your whole career. And I've seen it. There's guys that have been in this thing for 20 years and they're still director of basketball operation guys. Like you got to get your foot in the door, but then you better find that best recruiter on your staff and you better attach yourself to him at the hip and learn how to recruit. And then you better go out and start making contacts with high school guys and AAU guys, because when you want to get a division one job or a division two job, like, you know, one of the first things this head coach is going to ask you, what do you know? You know, who are you going to go recruit? You know, if you get this job, who are the first 10 coaches you're going to call to go get us players? So, you know, you got to be be creative to get your foot in the door, but then you got to learn and grind and, and figure out how, how you're going to work and get players. Um, So, you know, it's, it's not easy. And, you know, you know, part B of that, you know, everybody's obsessed with the division one level, right. Everyone wants to get in there. There's a lot of good opportunities at the the small college level too. You know, there's some really good division two, you know, full-time division two, assistant jobs, obviously, you know, head coaching jobs and, you know, the division three level I mean, there's a lot of coaching jobs out there. Um, You know, not everything has to be a division one job. So I think, you know, guys have to be open to that as well.
2: Well, talking about the landscape of college basketball, Right. There's, there's this one thing we all know, we call it the domino effect. So for instance, John Calipari, let's say he leaves Kentucky today and that literally will set a chain reaction in the whole college basketball landscape. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, I know some of my friends, we, we, we try to predict who gets where, who goes where, and things like that. But I'm sure when you hear news like that, you're already thinking third, fourth step ahead and figuring out who fills what positions.
1: Right. No, you're right. And that's, exa- that's, that's exactly what it is. And, and to be honest, like, this year at the Division One level, that's what hasn't happened. You know, because of what's going on, the few changes there there have been, like a lot of times, like Steve Forbes leaves leaves for Wake Forest, Jason Shea, his assistant, gets bumped up at East Tennessee. You know, not a huge domino effect. And I think because of the current situation, there hasn't been a big domino effect this year. But you're right. That's what happens. And, you know, and I'll tell a lot of people, like, that's that's actually how you have to read hoop dirt. You know, don't go in and look and say, oh, you know, so-and-so's, you know, leaving an assistant job at Memphis. So there might be an assistant job there. No, no, no. That's not how it works you know, some young guy's probably going to get bumped up, you know, the director of basketball operations will be bumped up, bang, bang, bang. Like, you got to look down the line to see what job's actually going to open. Um, you know, or, you know, you got to know that this head coach, like his best friend is somewhere, so he's going to hire him, and that job's open. You know, like you, you said, you got to look like three or four or five moves down to actually find like a legit, you know, what's actually open. You know, people ask me all the time, you know, I see all these jobs on Hoopter, you know, are these jobs actually open? And a lot of times i say, well, you know, no, you know, some of them like are, you know, formalities, they have to be posted, but, but figure it out. Like, look, look at what's next down the road. Look who's going to get that job. Um, you know, and, and a lot, and, you know, it's a lot of the small college jobs, division twos and division threes. Yeah, those are great jobs. They're wide open, you know, network. You can get one of those, but like the division one stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you see a you know, director of basketball operations at Clemson man, you're not getting that, sorry. You know, that's done. That, that's a done deal. But figure out who is, um, you know, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the director of basketball operations at Rice left uh, a few weeks ago. Well, the, the GA got bumped up. Well, heck, I got young guys calling me all the time. Can you tell me if there's GA jobs out there? You know, I don't see any posted. Well, you know, that GA job is not posted on Hoop Dirt, But if you read Hoop Dirt, you know the, the DBO just left and you know the GA just got bumped up. So, you know, maybe give Scott Parra at Rice a call. He might be looking for a GA, you know. So that's, that's kind of how, you know, yeah. Like you said, yeah, you are 100% correct. You've got to read those dominoes, man. I have a question for you real quick uh just to yes, off of that you know one thing i i have noticed in the game when
0: you when you post the, the the jobs as you as most people don't know early on in my career you see the job you go on there you apply for it. it's yeah. like man uh I want to be the, the the strength coach over at uh so and so I want to be the double over at so-and-so but like yeah. how you said it's just a formality. Yeah. Do people ever call you or hit you like yo man this is a BS like
1: like these jobs these are these are fake jobs you know what I'm saying yeah, you know what, they they will. And, and a lot of it is not, you know, guys will be like, you know, I, how did I not get this? I'm so qualified for this. I applied for it. and It's like, yeah, man, you applied for it. But he said, yeah, that's a formality. Like, you got to know somebody there, you know, or kind of figure out what the next one is. But it, yeah, it's, it's hard. It, it's frustrating for a lot of young guys to learn that, you know, they'll see, you know, like a director of basketball operations job, and it looks exciting. It looks great. And you get in at the division one level, but those are really hard to get. If you're not, you know, if you don't have a connection there. And like I said, because there's so many other administrative positions at these schools right now, you know, if you were going to get in, I mean, being a GA at a school is the way to get in because you go, you know, GA player development guy, DBO. And then, you know, you're an assistant. Great. That's, you know, that's a really good way to do it. Um, then obviously there's a million ways to do it, but that is one, but yeah, it's hard because a lot of those jobs are, you know, you know, HR mandated postings.
0: I was and, just actually given, um, some uh, some some advice to one of my former student managers in the, uh, over at Prairie View, Jackson Majors. He uh, asked me today, like, you know, going to his second year as a GA, and I, and I just told him that the, the, the trajectory, you know, starting off a student manager, GA, intern, assistant, Dobo, Dobo, work your way up to be, you know, to get that coaching job. Again, everybody ain't going to be a young 31-year-old, 30-year-old head coach. Game. Right. You know, some of these guys are, are, are right. You know, somebody like, like you say, time and score. Some of them in the right place at the right time. Yep. And then, you know, but sometimes you got, you got to grind. Like how you said, 10 years, you didn't even get paid. Yeah. You know, so sometimes I'd be like that. And, and as, as messed up as it is with young guys in the game, that's just kind of the way they have to go.
1: Yeah, but, you're right. You're right. But and it's hard, though, because a lot of young guys don't want to hear that. You know, because a lot of young guys, you know, think they're really good. And I'm sure some of them are. But man, this business is so hard. You know, it's not it's like no other business you know, I mean, you know, especially these young, you know, an assistant director of basketball operations at, you know, some mid-major division one school, you're going to make, you know, 28 grand and work 75 hours a week, you know, and, and there's going to be hundreds of guys line up for that, this job. I mean, we posted uh, a junior college assistant job last week. And um, the head coach told me to actually take it off because he got too many applications. He got uh, almost a hundred applications, uh, junior college assistant, pays a thousand dollars and you can be an RA in a dorm and he got almost a hundred applications like it's crazy I mean guys kill for these you know I- these jobs I mean it's this business is like no other business and guys kind of have to understand this like it's not it's not easy you know it really isn't and there's a lot of qualified guys out there and that, 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 that they can't get jobs it's hard
2: there's this term in the business world called network effect basically meaning something gets stronger as the more and more people use it. it kind of reinforces its value uh, one example would be like Facebook. Facebook's valuable because everyone else is on Facebook, right? Yeah. So with Hoop Dirt, I almost feel like it's a network effect. I know you got millions of viewers each day, month, right? Who are coming on. So yeah. and as and it gains credibility as more and more people know about it. And to start that is incredibly difficult. So if you don't mind, I just want to hear like how did you start a network effect?
1: It, it, it wasn't easy. And I'll tell you what, I thank my wife for having a lot of patience for, with this, you know, for a long time, for a long time, she, she just called it my hobby, you know, it, because it's so, I mean, it there's so many hours that go into it. Um, and I tell, I tell the story a lot. Like this started, um, you know, the idea for Hoop Dirt started over a poker game. You know, I was playing poker with one of my assistant coaches who's a former player of mine and my brother-in-law, who's a, a web guy, he designs websites. And my assistant coach said, you know coach like you 're a guy that, that knows so much, you know so much stuff going on, you know all the dirt you 're always talking to guys like what if we put this on the, on the internet and they looked at my brother and I said, "Jim, can you make a website for us and boom, it was born, and so we started really slowly, right like this one page like blog and we kind of had stuff it was fine, and it kind of took off and I remember. You know, maybe a year into it, we looked at our analytics and we're like, oh my God, we had a thousand page views today. Holy crap. Like It was amazing. Like, wow, a thousand people just read this, you know, and now, you know, we're turning out, you know, over 3 million page views per month. You know, I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, some of the stuff I tweet, you know, I, I just, I tweeted something that had, you know, just some random just had, you know, 260,000 views, you know? So it's like, I mean, the numbers from where we started with like, oh my God, a thousand people read this crap to like now, like, wow, like people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I get the network effect. Like but, it, but I think it goes back to a little bit of, of the, the credibility of, of being a coach, a former coach, but also, you know, for lack of a better term, we're not being an asshole about it. You know, we're not trying to just put crap out there to get people to click. You know, we're, we're like I really care about this business. Like I said, this is all I've done in my life. Like, you know, this is all I know is basketball. So I don't want to put stuff out there. You know, like a few years ago, and I, I forget the story, but, you know, who, one, you know head coach at you know, low major school got fired basically at halftime uh, or fired before before the game at a, at a low major tournament. Goodman tweeted it out at halftime, even though the guy was still finishing the game. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, you can't wow. do. You know, we've heard, I mean... You know, last year when you know there was a a mid-major head coach got fired, like I knew about it, but they were going to let him finish out the season, so we didn't we didn't go with it because there's just a lot of there's a lot of crap that's associated with that. Um, So you know, I really I really do care about that, and I I I hope coaches see that. You know, like um, we're we're trying to be you know trying to get stuff right. We're not trying to hurt guys. Like if you read the Daily Dirt, very rarely will I mention a, a current head coach's name that's involved with a job. You know, a lot of these things, you know, I'll say, you know, especially for like a Division II job, you know, there's four finalists, you know, three are current head coaches and I'll kind of name like the regions they're from or maybe the conference they're from and then, you know, an assistant, assistant coaches I'll mention, I don't care. Um, but like head coaches is hard because if you're a head coach at Division II school and your name just got mentioned with a job and you didn't tell your AD, that's a problem. You know, and, and again, like I've been there, I don't want that to happen. And a lot of times, like if you, again, this is how to read Hooper, like if you see a head coach's name mentioned, that's probably because they told me it was okay to mention it. Um, you know, and they kind of want it out there for whatever reason. Um, So, that's you know, a lot of that time, a lot of that stuff is, you know, we I really do try to protect guys as well.
0: So, so I got a question for you, but this is going to be a little fun one.
1: When have you got some
0: information from a head coach yeah. that said, hey, all right, all right, Adam, run with this, yeah. and then you're getting ready to press that CM button, and mm-hmm. the coach was like, hey, Adam, hold on a
1: second. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that happens more, it happens a lot, you know, it, it really does, and a lot of it is so, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time texting guys and a lot of times guys will tell me stuff, you know, division one guys will tell me stuff and they'll kind of tell me and then I'll get a text like 10 minutes later and be like, and they'll say, whoa, whoa but, but that's not, hold on. Don't, don't, don't say that though. That's not for, that's not for publication, you know? So, I mean, there's guys, but, but, but on the, on the flip side, there's definitely guys that want stuff out there. There's guys. And so this is, you know, part of my job too, just kind of making sure the information is legit. Like there's guys that'll text me and say oh, hey, I'm involved with, with so-and-so. And I know they're not. And I know that you want their name out there. And that's the stuff that I got to sit on a little bit, too. Like, I don't just throw guys' names out there. Um, to be honest, I think one of the, the pivots that, that I've made over the last two or three years, where, again, I still talk to coaches every day, but I've really gotten some really good connections with, like, the agents and the search firms. Yeah, and, so, you know, I, and I, I trust what they tell me, but there's times where I know guys are telling me stuff just to get their guy's name out there. And that's uh, the stuff that, that, that's tough.
0: I know I saw an interview you did where you said that um, search firms don't want to admit that they come to you with information. Yeah,
1: yeah. You, you, I'll tell you what, there are search firm guys don't know me. They won't admit they know me. Agents don't know me, but that's the way I want it. You know, and, and, and you know, no, no coach. I know, you know, no one, I don't talk to anybody. Nobody knows anything. I have not talked to anybody, you know. And, and that's how we keep it. You know, I, guys always text me like they'll, they'll give me stuff and say, "Oh, but keep my name out of it." Like, I never ever mention where I get anything. No one will ever know where I got it. But that's how I keep getting good stuff. You know, guys can trust me. Um, and like I said, I mean, the search firm guys and, and really the agents. I mean, I get a ton of stuff. But ask them; they'll, they'll, they've never heard of me. They don't know who I am. They don't know who there it is. All right, that's cool and that's fine and that's I'm, good. That, that's great. I know for
0: the longest you were, you, you were under the, the, the cloak and dagger of hoop dirt. We didn't, yeah. we, you were, you were like that singer, her. We didn't yeah. know who, we didn't know who she was till like last year. You know, we, nobody knew your face. Nobody knew yeah.
1: who you were till just, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I was running hoop dirt, you know, as I was still coaching. And we kind of made that decision to be, you know, let's just, let's kind of keep it cloak and dagger. But as, as we started to grow, um, you know, we wanted to gain a little bit of that credibility. So I think we had to put a face with it um, and I'm happy to do it. And I, and I want people to know me and, and to be honest, it's re- it, it's really, really helped, you know? And it, so there's a lot of guys I trust in this business. And I kind of asked them before I kind of, you know, kind of came out as, as the dirt King and the hoop dirt guy. And I had to, a lot of guys were like, dude, don't do it because people are going to see it's you. And they'd be like, well, this guy's an idiot. Why are we listening to him? But um, and then there's still some guys that think that, and that's fine. <laughs> but, but really it's, it's given, it's given Hooper more credibility because people can now come to me and ask me a question. Then if I say something stupid or if I say something good, like it's me and I own it and, and that's cool. You know, I'm not hiding. And I get pissed at some of these, you know, random Twitter accounts. that will just tweet stuff. You know, anybody can tweet stuff from behind a keyboard without your name on it. If you're a chicken. Um, you know, so the <laughs> stuff that I put out, if I tweet something or who, come find me, you got a problem. I'll give you my number. Let's talk. You know, like I, I'm cool with it. I'll that own it. Sound like that Boston,
0: that Boston coming out of here. Yeah. That it like. me.
1: a little bit, a little bit, but right. But th- but that's what I'm saying. But that's where, like, you know, again, we were tweeting stuff and putting stuff up as hoop dirt. No one really know who knew how, who I was. But I, I, I think, like, I'm going to say stuff. It, it's coming from me. You, you know who I am. Got something to say? Say it to me. I have no problem with that. Um. So yeah, I think kind of the 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 kind of coming out, and having people know who I am, is, is, is definitely helped.
0: Let me take a time now to tell you about my friends over at Soul Lounge, Houston's premier boutique for the latest fashions. Chinatown Market? Check. BBC? You know they got all that. You know Adidas? Man, they got all of that stuff, too. The swag, the footwear, Yeezys. Man, they got everything. No Referees Podcast and Soul Lounge is partnered up to bring you a special offer for listening to this episode. Go online to HTX.com. And enter promo code NO RULES to get 20% off your entire purchase. That's NO RULES, all one word, all caps.
2: Soul Lounge, live what you love. Well, let's talk about kind of the journey a little bit more so you you knew what you you knew you you started just you know put posting you know a little post every day while you were working yeah. when did you actually believe and know that you hit this what what they call like the product market fit where you actually knew you had something that fit a market and you knew like it, it would serve that market
1: um I think we're still trying to figure that out and you know still trying to learn that we have three you got three million visitors a month I mean come on you know I I know you know and and I I appreciate that and it still kind of seems like surreal a little bit like you know I hear from guys a lot you know that say like you know the first thing I check in the morning I had you a million times and for me it's still like hard to believe like this is just something we started over a poker game um so like I I think we got it um and I like, I think we're, we're getting there, and I just don't want to lose, and I don't want to lose up momentum, and I think we're still always trying to grow, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. Like, I'm trying to grow, too, right? And I tell people, and I said it earlier today, like, I'm not a, a journalist. I'm a basketball coach. I don't always type the right punctuation, but I'll tell you what, because of this, because of how this has grown, I'm actually, I've gone back to school, and I'm actually getting my master's in communications right now. You know, I'm more, wow. than, half, I'm more than halfway done with a master's in strategic communication with a focus on social media. Because it, it because I don't want this thing to fall apart because of something that I don't know how to do, you know? Um, so just trying to stay, and it's, and it's an example I use for current, co- for, for like coaches, like stay current. Like, don't just think, you know, you're a coach, you know, what you, you have to stay current with what's going on or, or you're going to fall behind.
2: So tell me a little bit about some of your products. Like if I don't know anything about Hoop Dirt and yeah. I'm just trying to understand the business, you yeah. got your Daily Dirt, right? Yeah. You, yep. got, you got your your posts that you do every day. Can you can it, kind of explain what the product mix is?
1: Yeah, so, it, man, you're a business guy, aren't you? You're good product mix. You're, yeah, Man, I, we, we might have to talk <laughs> offline about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's, that's why I got him here. You know, yeah. I got that. I, I'm yeah, uh, that funny, the funny <laughs>
0: question. <you know?
1: laughs> oh, this is good, man. You guys are good. Uh, no, but it's a good question about the product mix. So, we basically, we, we kind of deal with – four kind of categories of HoopDirt.com, right? We have the news, which is just kind of news from, from across the college basketball world, hiring, firings, you know, stuff that we kind of call from the internet. Um, you know, you can look at it now, division three guys get hired as assistants. Like, so that's the news section. The news is like the facts, you know, someone got hired, it's a fact, we put it up. The, the second part, the dirt, which is obviously our, our, our most popular part is the rumors. You know, these are rumors that I hear that, you know, that are, you know, legit rumors um, that we'll post we'll post you know kind of two types of rumors like we'll put them in the daily dirt which is just a list of like four or five things that i've kind of compiled over the last 24 hours um or if like they're big enough we'll, we'll do like a standalone dirt you know if, if i hear that someone you know a head coach is getting hired you know boom i'll put georgia tech set to hire so and so we'll put it up official announcement coming soon so the dirt's kind of split into two um two categories and then you know our, our next biggest section is obviously the jobs you know the jobs have been huge for us i mean guys come in and search for the jobs and you know, we, we, again, made a little bit of a, uh, a pivot there a few years ago where uh, we used to put jobs up for free. Uh, now we actually charge for jobs. And this has been like a huge revenue generator for us. I mean, because we need to keep going and feed our families, right? But the one thing we've done with the jobs, so we do charge for jobs. But if you look like the NCAA online charges like two, 250 bucks to post a job, we charge fifty nine ninety nine. Like, we're not trying to kill you here. Like, you know, we want to get your job up. It's going to get seen by a million people. It's going to get posted all over social media. Um, so that's been really big for us, too. And that job section is huge. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, if you look at our analytics, you know, between the dirt and the jobs are always kind of fighting each other for for what sh- sections, you know, bigger. And then the fourth section is we have a features section where we'll put some kind of relevant stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of times maybe from our sponsors, from like Dr. Dish. Um, you know, some of those sponsors will, will provide like basketball, some X's and O stuff, uh, or we have guest columnists that come in and write some stuff for us. So like the features, is kind of more, um, you know, stuff that the coaches might be interested to read. Um, in that feature section, the, the one thing we started uh, five years ago on the men's side, and we started this year for the first time on the women's side, we do a, a weekly uh, coach of the week. Uh, at all levels, Division One, Two, Three, NAI, and Junior College. We pick a coach of the week. We write about them. We send out press releases, uh, and that ends with a national coach of the year. So that's been a really good uh, program for us. You know, and like I said, we are really busy February through August. But when the college basketball season starts, it, it quiets down for us, you know, quite a bit because, we, you know, no one's getting hired and fired, you know, with a few exceptions here and there. So the coach of the week program has been huge for us. Um, you know, that's generated a lot of interest. We actually get a lot of press out of it um you know if you read it now like coaches actually put it in their bios that they want a hoopter.com coach of the week award they want a hoopdirt.com national coach of the week uh wow. national coach of the year award so that so that's been that's been a really good thing for us and we just started it on the women's side this year it's the first time we did it and we had a really good response on the women's side so we'll hopefully do it again and um yeah so that's kind of you know so that's kind of the ins and outs of of, of what we do that's our, our, our business mix
2: Awesome. Um, so like you basically kind of facilitate this whole ecosystem of basketball. I mean, you got everything from jobs to articles to rumors, right? I guess my question would be like, what's next? Like what's that next thing that you think is really going to set hoop dirt apart and kind of give you that next step and, and jump.
1: Yeah. So that's, it's a, it's a great question. And that's, that's kind of been our focus over the last year or so. Like you said, like what's next, we want to stay relevant. Um, you know I I think a lot of it is going to be more kind of stuff like this on the site where some some more live video where instead of me kind of posting the daily dirt I may be sitting there talking about it a little bit some more interactive stuff where we have guys on and and asking questions we may host some live zoom stuff so that's kind of like the immediate kind of maybe what's new Uh, but down the road I think we have some some bigger ideas that we need to really kind of nailed down like i said we don't want to be stagnant we always want to keep growing um you know i think we have a brand but we don't want that brand to die out we want to kind of keep it energized and and you know kind of figure out what you know in reality could be the next best step i mean people have said to us a lot like oh why don't you like we can't compete on the football side well why don't you start like a baseball dirt or something like that that's i don't know about that stuff i don't know baseball i don't know soccer and like i you know um so we you know and, and again you're a business guy and you know, I, I, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank. I watch Shark Tank all the time, right? And one of the things, like, you know, Mark Cuban always says, like, you know, just because you have a great idea doesn't necessarily, you know, mean people want that. Like, you've got to identify what people need. You know, so what's the next thing that people actually need from Hoopter? And I think that's, what, you know, we're trying to find the best way to identify that and then the best way to capitalize on that, like a need.
2: I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just thinking out loud. I, the, the one thing every college coach covets are players, right? Yeah. I mean, rumors about players would probably be major. If-
1: you are on to something, and that's, to, you know, look where I am. I'm, I'm in, you know, Boston, in New England. You know, we have some of the best prep schools in the country up here with some of the best players in the country coming up here, and that's kind of been, you know, one of our thoughts is, like, how do we get into that market a little bit, and you know, maybe talking to – you know, featuring prep school coaches talking about their, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of you, but you're right though. I mean, that's kind of the, the pivot and we've, we've actually had, and we, we get a lot of times that the people come in and say they want to buy hoop or they want to invest. And I'm not interested in any of that, but but a lot of the guys will come in and say like, why don't you guys do more with like AAU stuff, like covering some of that stuff, like you said, because we have, you know, and, and these, these kind of like business investors who, who, you know, analyze stuff like they, their point, probably to your point too, like we have coaches eyeballs, like why don't we now start hitting that player market to, you know, draw them in with that too. So that's you know, kind of, that's always been it, the, you know, back of our minds a little bit, maybe kind of head in that direction at some point. And then, you know, uh, you know, if I'm a betting man, and I, I'm definitely a betting man, I, I like to bet, I like to gamble. But um, we'll probably head in that direction at some point.
0: All right, mm-hmm. so, bet man, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, bet it back. You know, bet
0: back, bet back. So, I got a question about incentives and in mm-hmm. of coaches' contracts. You know, yeah. you hear coaches, they got the golf course, you know, yeah. in their contract. They got the they got the Escalade or the Porsche Cayenne or their wife's car. They got the, yeah. the, 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 state, the state dinner, you know, give me some, uh, give me some inside info. Give me some dirt on some of the craziest stuff you've seen on a contract.
1: Well, i, I tell you what, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I, I have the craziest stuff, but you're right. The, like, you know, all these high major coaches are getting country club memberships. They're getting their cars paid for. They're getting, you know, the use of the jet for five vacations a year. Like it's nuts. And I think one of the, best things out there now with the the internet and the freedom of information act, especially with the state, with the state schools, you can get their contracts. I mean, it's amazing how many PDF copies I have of high major head coaches contracts and all the perks that go with it. And it is nuts. And if, if like people outside the athletics world actually sat down and read these things, their mind would be blown. I mean, it's nuts. I mean, and you know, it's all public information. You know, how many, you know, head basketball coaches make more than the college president and have so many more perks than the college president. And I get it. And they're bringing in, you know, revenue, especially at the high major level. Like it's nuts. I get it. But to actually have the ability now to, to be able to, you know, Google a contract, you know, Google somebody's contract and actually go read it. It is, it, it, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, like USA today has a really good database of that. Um, we've actually sent freedom of, of information act requests for some of that stuff. Um, you know, you can just Google, you know, a lot of times if, uh, if I think someone's kind of on the hot seat, now, I'll never mention hot seat. I never say someone's on the hot seat, but if I need to know like how many years someone has left on their contract, like I will Google them and actually go find their contract and see how many years they have left, which is, which is completely nuts. That this is, you know, you know, 90% of the stuff is public information. So um, they make some really, really interesting reads. I mean, if you get a time, just if you're poor, just, you know, Google, <laughs> Google some of these contracts I and mean, these, these things are crazy.
0: What's one of the what's one of the, the craziest bullet points you've seen on you know you, the, the jets are the private jets the the Nike contracts uh, 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 all that kind of stuff you know the, the yeah. pri- all that kind of stuff is kind of general with, with the yeah. high major coaches what's yeah. a what's yeah. a high major coach contract you saw something like man that's crazy
1: you know what I, I think man it's all crazy <laughs> all of it you know I I don't know if there's anything that that, that necessarily stands out to me uh, but like you said like the, the the cars the jets you know a lot of guys um, the, the college will say, we won't charge you to host your camp, you know, so they make all that profit off of camp, maybe without paying for dorms. Um, you know, a lot of that camp stuff is written in, um, you know, the appearance fees, you know, you have to make 10 alumni appearances, but you make X amount. I mean, it's nuts. It, I mean, the, the stuff they do is, is crazy. And a lot of the, you know, the school it. will say, Oh, he's only making, you know, two eighty five base. But if you look at all the other stuff, you know, he's knocking down 1.2. Um, So there's, you know, all those little things that they can, they can kind of add in, which is, um, yeah, it's nuts. And again, but this is, you know, part of the problem, though, with these, you know, a lot of younger coaches, this is what they see, though, you know, they see, you know, a Josh Pastner or a Will Wade, a young guy who really kind of, you know, it's done a good job to get where they're at. Those guys are so, you know, they're, they're few and far between. You know, more likely, I mean, look at the, you know, Division Three head coach who's making $55,000 a year, working 75 hours and, you know, driving a van. I mean, that's, you know, to me, like, that's, that's, that's college basketball. Like those, you know, those 300 plus Division One coaches, you know, half of them are mid to low major guys are so not making that. So you're looking at 120, 130, you know, big time high major coaches who are making those really good seven figure salaries that's it. You know, 140 guys in the profession, maybe. Um, and everybody else. And then again, you got some of the high major division one assistants, you know, make it four five, 600,000 a year. Um, but, but after that, I mean, it's, it's a grind, you know, somebody, but, but look at even, you talk about division one head coaches, look at some of these small conferences like, um, the, the Northeast conference or the America East. I mean, you guys, you got some guys making, you know, 110, 120 is a division one head coach. I mean, that, that's nuts. Um, so it's, I yeah. Like you said it's, conference. yeah all right, so, you know, I mean, you know what it's like, you know, I mean, you know, even, you know, the Patriot league, some of those, I mean, you're not making, you're not making, you know, huge division one money. I mean, you get to the colonial, you start making, you know, good money and you're comfortable. Um, but some of those, you know, some of those leagues, you just, it, it really is a struggle. Um, and I know, so, and go ahead. No,
2: uh, just, we're talking about compensation and the, you know, the, the side that we all, you know, know and see but there's another part of compensation that probably not not very comfortable to talk about but um it happens in the game we know this it's been proof it's been studied by you know fed- the federal government um do you want to talk a little bit about that unfortunate side of how people get compensated in the in, in college basketball
1: yeah i mean it's, it's it's been you know over the last couple of years especially with this whole fbi investigation and guys getting busted and you know will Wade on tape saying that he made a strong ass offer. I mean, it's out there. I mean, it's prevalent guys have known. it. I mean, but you know, it's, it's not new. I've been in this game since 1992, 96, I'm old, you know, um, since 1996, it's, it's a long time. Um, This stuff happens. It's prevalent, Um, but it's really come to the forefront lately. But, you know, again, I, I know there's been some guys that have been arrested and, and this and that, but, but what's it done? Like, there's, there's nothing that's happened. There's nothing that came out of it. You know, Oklahoma State got whacked a little bit, you know, last week with a penalty from, you know, from their involvement. Good, so they can't go to postseason in, in 2021 and they lose a couple scholarships and some recruiting hours. Big deal. Like, what's the big deal? Who cares? You know, they were out there paying for players. So, like, what has actually come out of this? Mark Godfrey, who's the head coach at NC State, you know, his name came up in this investigation when he was there. He left. People are like, "Oh, he's not going to get another job. He's the head coach at Cal State Northridge now." So what's you know like out of all of this? Yep, there's a lot of a lot of bad stuff going on and a lot oh. of bad- yeah. I mean, look at the whole Patino. Look, he's back. He had to go to Greece, but he's back. He's coaching at Iona now. So like, what's the you know what's the, the the end game here? Like, is it just you know nothing? Like you're gonna you're gonna ding a couple guys here and there and move on? Like, what power does the NCAA have right now? I mean, Will Wade basically told him to shove it. You know, Will Wade was identified on tape saying I made a strong-ass offer. He was suspended by his school. He told his school and the NCAA, I'm innocent. I didn't do anything. Bang. He's back coaching. You know, nothing. No big deal. His AD's backing him up. Um, You know, so, you know, I mean, look at the stuff. You know, Bill Self of Kansas. He's been on these tapes. You know, with Kansas involvement here, I mean, these high major schools. I mean, look what's going on right now with all this stuff with, with Coach K and Zion. And, you know, was he paid? You know, who knows? I mean, but that's like, but, but you're like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to Coach K? I'll tell you nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zero. Nothing Coach, will happen. Coach K, K to God. You know, <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. You know, so, so, right. So like this stuff is going on. It's prevalent. The public knows about it. There was a HBO documentary about it. The FBI knows about it. People are going to jail. The NCAA, I mean, you know, the, Oklahoma State got slapped on the wrist. Nobody cares. I mean, it's, it's college basketball. It's a huge money-making business. You know, I mean, that's what it is. It's a revenue generator. It's a revenue generator for the NCAA. It's a revenue generator for the colleges. Um, so, you know, what's gonna, nothing's going to change.
2: When you watch, you watch enough basketball to know, like, a good team and a bad team, like, do you ever think in your head sometimes when you hear some of these moves, you're like, oh, that's just not going to work, or oh, that's a really good move for that person or for that school. Does that ever come to your mind?
1: Yeah, a lot. I mean, I, you know, and that's – so I talk to a lot of coaches, too, about fit. Like, you know, there could be like your ideal job, but there's also fit. Like, you have to have the right fit. Um, you know, so, right, there are some guys that'll make a jump and it's like, Phew, man, man, you know. So, actually, and I actually, you know, use Steve Forbes as an example. You know, Steve Forbes left East Tennessee State for Wake Forest. Right. And I actually think that's a really good fit because I think he can he can do a good job recruiting the ACC because he's a grinder. But for years, Steve, you know, for the last two or three years, Steve Forbes has been killing it at East Tennessee State, but he hasn't taken anything. And he's been involved with a ton of stuff. But but to to me, it's, you know, he was waiting for fit and he did a really good job to wait it out and to get to Wake Forest. Um, You know, a lot of guys want to take something to take it and and get that next move. But you really, you know, there's a lot of factors at play. And that, to be honest, that goes the same thing for assistant coaches. Um, you know, there's guys that'll, um, you know, find you know, see a really good job on the horizon, but you know, Hey, is that guy going to get fired in a year or two? And it's, it, you know, it's hard, man. It's hard to get a job once you've been fired. You know, even if you're an assistant and you had nothing to do with kind of what happened before you, it's, re- it, you know, someone gave me this great advice years ago. It's really hard to find a job when you don't have a job you know and that's the hardest oh. it, it, it's so hard you know like when you have a job you can search you can turn things down and it's fine but when you get fired and you're out of a job man it, it, it's a scary time and one of the hardest things too especially at the at the small the lower levels if you're a division two assistant right division two assistant making 35 40 grand a year maybe more your head coach gets fired he might get he might get paid for a year or two who knows but you're not getting paid you're done you know, especially, you know, even, you know, looking at the division one guys, you know, mid-major guy, head coach gets fired. He's probably got years left on his contract. Assistants, uh, directors of basketball, those guys don't have that time. You know, they might get a few months of unemployment, but then they're, they're out of job. So, um, yeah, it's always about you got to make sure you're, you're in the right place. And, and part you know, another side of that too is you got to make sure you get out when you're not in the right place. Um, you know, and that's, you know, part of like, you know, I said, when I left Northeastern, you know, our head coach. Uh, would have had one year left on his contract and it was kind of that feeling like you knew like that was it that was the last year we were going to be there so I kind of had the opportunity to become a division three head coach um, and, and you know people would t- tell me I was crazy to leave the division one level we were going to get fired and, and, and unfortunately he did get fired the next year and, it, and it's so hard to find a job when you don't have one so that's kind of the motivation there I, tell, I could tell guys all the time like just kind of you know always be on a lookout but make sure it's the right move.
2: I mean, talking about fit, I mean, when you, we you talk about fit, we're talking more, we're not talking just about, you know, the AD that's there. I mean, sometimes a lot of factors can play, come into play, just like you mentioned, the administrators who yeah. are there, right? Yeah. The board of directors, like yeah. all that stuff kind of plays a factor. I know a lot of college coaches listen to this podcast. Is there any other factors that you think
1: people should consider
2: when they're making kind of moves, these kind of moves?
1: You know what? So a big one is commitment. Uh, what's, what's the commitment of the college to the program? And, you know, to be honest, that's, you know, not necessarily for like the high major guys, the mid major guys, but if you're a small college guy, I know a lot of guys that have taken division three head coaching jobs, you know, you're going to take a division three head coaching job. What's the commitment to this program? Like, are are they going to support you? Is admissions going to support you? Is financial aid going to support you? Are you going to take buses instead of vans? Like what, what is this college going to do to help you become successful? You know, you can't, you can't win games without support from your campus, from you know, from the 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 dean of students, you know, if you have issues on campus with your guys, to, you know, financial aid to admissions. And, and that's you know, same is true at the, at the the higher levels, um, but you have to have that support. Um and, and if you know if you if you don't, those are those are, you know, you are gonna be set up for failure. Um you know so you really kinda need that support from the administration, and they have to give you that commitment. And, and, it, and again, it's a little easier at some of the, the higher levels where you can get a, you know, if they want to give you a six-year contract, great, take it, because that means they're going to be there a little bit for you. Who knows? But, you know, take 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 the years and take the money. Um, but you really got to make sure you have have the, um, the support of the administration.
0: So, Coach Nelson, before we get you out on this, we ask every guest that comes on our show, you know, the, no referees, podcasts, no texts, no rules, no whistles. And we ask everybody, what was your first encounter with a referee? What was the first time you got ticked Ooh, up or something of that nature? Give, give us that story.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of them. I had um, – <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Um, so I got, I got thrown out of three games as a head coach. You know, probably not the best. The, the, the worst one, you know, probably my, my, one of my first encounters, I don't remember what happened. The guy really pissed me off. I actually took my jacket and I, I fired it to half court. Right. So he actually he actually like charged. Me. He like charged after me. One of his partners held him back. Great. It blew over. I thought we were cool. Like three weeks later, we had the same guy. And, and that's actually a guy. He actually played in the NFL, played for the Giants, was a, was an offensive lineman at of Boston College. Big, big, scary guy. We had him like three weeks later. He wouldn't say anything to me before the game. I didn't really say anything to him. And I, I don't know what happened, but he literally threw the ball up for the jump ball before the game, threw it up, turned to me and just teed me. No idea why he was still pissed. I think for <laughs> me throwing his jacket at him. So it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, all right. I just I, I wore it, but man, he was a big. I wasn't gonna say anything. He's a big, scary former offensive lineman who didn't kick my ass, so that was good. But yeah, but you Wonderful. know what? But but I tell you what, man. I, you know, I ran across a lot of really, really good officials, and I I made sure to have a really good relationship with the officials. They're really good guys. They work their ass off. You know, they're in it. You know, mostly for the right reasons. And and you look at at the way like high school and AAU is going right now. Like it's hard to find officials. People don't want to go out there and, and officiate, especially, you know, go officiate an AAU tournament. The parents are just going to shit on you for, for eight hours a day. You no. Know, so it's hard to find quality officials. So I think that's, um, you know, the ones that are doing games now are really, really good guys.
0: Oh, so I got, I got, I, I sent a tweet, a tweet out to, to one of my friends who's uh, up at Merrimack college. Uh, he's uh, over okay. there. Mike Kamal, my good friend. Yeah. He's told me to ask you. What does wicked mean? And why is it a staple of your vocabulary?
1: <laughs> it's a Boston thing. It's like wicked. Everything's wicked good. Like how the Red Sox, you know, how, how the Red Sox is They're wicked good. I don't know. It's a Boston thing. You know, um, you know, Tom Brady, he's wicked smart. That's, you know, that's how they talk up here. I, I don't know what it means. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the vocabulary you come up with when you live here your whole life. <laughs> and he said, ask you about them us. See, steamers, that's, you know, like clams, little neck clams. Like, those are good. You get know, a lobster, some steamers, some chowder. That's You know, it's that time of year right now. We're going Saturday. We're going, we're going to get lobsters off the boat on Saturday. Lobsters, steamers. That's
0: <laughs> well, we want to thank our brother, uh, Coach Nelson, Adam Nelson, uh, the curator of the world-famous HoopDirt.com, for coming on our show. Everyone, please go follow him on mul- multiple, multiple uh, Twitter pages. His personal page, HD underscore Dirt King hoop dirt follow them at hoop dirt we didn't get a chance to get into women's hoop dirt but that'll be the next time we do part two um we at for but you still follow them for all the women's news at w hoop dirt that's our friend our new fan our new friend of the no
1: referees podcast adam nelson thank you my brother hey thank you guys for having me on man you guys are great you you guys know what you're talking about i appreciate you having me on I, you know i i love the opportunity to, to to talk about hoop dirt to talk about basketball But but to talk with guys that, like, get it and guys that care, man, it was great to be on with you guys. You guys are the best. I will be listening to the No Referees podcast from now on, um, and I appreciate everything that you guys are doing to to get coaches' messages out there. Thank you,
0: Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Referees podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media at no referees pod to the next episode. We out.